Welcome to Beer 30 Live, everybody. This is Pete Wright sitting here with... Shane Corsetti. Shane, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. You how know, you I haven't been here in forever. I know. It's been a long time. It's been a we, long time. We miss you yeah. dearly. Did, did we? Yes, we did. <laughs> I feel like this is an inverse show today because I am back after, what, like four weeks, and both Jamie and Mary are on hiatus. I think that we probably alienated them a little bit. I'm guessing one because you were gone for so long, so they've forgotten what you look like. Yeah, that's And me possible. because I was such a pansy when it came to... <laughs> Doing the sound <laughs> for the other shows that they just didn't trust. You know anymore, what? That so. is not true. You know that's not true. You did fine. Was, the shows sound good. I, well, okay, I, I haven't listened to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they sound great. I was sure. shaking the whole time too. I gotta admit. So I am definitely glad you're back, and I'm your welcoming committee. So thanks, man. I appreciate I'm it. Here for you. It's good to good to be back. Yeah. I I was on uh, I was on vacation. Uh, you know, we went to New York. Yes. I'll talk more about that. Yes. Second. Yes. It was good times. Yes. Uh, we have a guest with us. It's not just the Shane and Pete show today. Uh, we have a guest. He's a good friend. Uh, his name is Frank Bender. Frank, welcome. Thank you. Uh, it is so good to have you. I'm so glad you could come join us on, uh, on short notice even. Very short notice. Uh, and we're going to talk about your head today. Which one? <laughs> oh, yes. man. Yes. Oh, we're yes. like a minute into the show, and we're just yes. dancing on that explicit yes. tag. Yes. <laughs> want to make sure. <laughs> Frank has a has a slight hearing deficit, and <laughs> we are going to be talking. Plus, it, a little twisted. Uh, <laughs> a little warped personality. What we uh, we're going to be talking about those, uh, you know, how you deal with those defining moments in your life, and. Uh, and uh, talk a little bit about your experience uh, recently, uh, being my, it, being in your head. Right, my first college frat party. That was a defining moment. <laughs> that was number one. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up at the bottom of the stairs, passed out in my own vomit. You know, that was number. That two. was all part of the same. That experience. was oh right, that was part of the same thing. I right? have to. I have kind of have to interject here because the past two weekends I've gone camping, right? <laughs> and no, this is going to tie into fraternity stuff here. So, you know, the first camping trip was some friends that I met after college that I worked with, and we go on, we go on an annual fishing trip. We shotgunned so many beers. Like, I haven't shotgunned beers since college. Yeah. And here no, we are, sh- you know, where you, almost 30. Yes. Almost yeah. 30. Yeah. Almost 30. Yeah. Still, yeah. I'm, I'm creeping up there. Creeping yeah. up there. I, I'll I, be 30 I, in I, seven I, years. That means I've crept. <laughs> And now you're hobbling. Yeah, apparently. Then, the past weekend, with yeah. people I don't even know, these are my girlfriend's friends, I'm shotgunning beers again. Okay, so have you beer-bonged or keg-stand? Oh, yeah. All right. That, you're in the game. You, I'm just you've saying. You've manned it. up. I, wasn't, I, wasn't this supposed to go away seven, eight years ago? It's yeah, actually. Recovery time is what changes. <laughs> this is the old school theory. It's true. Anyway, yeah. the, I It tastes so good when it hits the, your lips. After the past weekends, I challenge any listener to a shotgunning competition. <laughs> Oh my! Right here, right here, right John Barleycorns, yeah. McMinimans. Yes. Send us an email at the show at beer30live.com. The sh- beer shotgun. I don't even know if they have cans here. Well, we can bring them. We're gonna. We'll do it in the parking lot. <laughs> I think the Schlitz, a Schlitz malt liquor. Yeah. I don't. Uh, whatever I, works for me. I don't know that we Old ever English. intended this show to be that kind of a show, but I'm, I'm glad it's going that I just direction. Just got pumped up though about. Well. Frank brought up. You know, he he loosened it up with his yeah, comment. Well, that's that, true because you were a frat guy too, right? President, I would. I, as was, I would also like to put. We're gonna Pardon do. Me. As was I. See, wait a minute. What house? Made of what? Pine. Really? Yes. I'm ATO. Wow, nice. So. ATO. Wait, so, which one's more popular? Depends, depends on what campus. Yeah, it depends on campus. Okay. On Generally. University of Oregon campus, I would say the betas were larger, a little more aggressive. <laughs> well, uh, so, where'd you go to school? I went to University of Idaho. Oh, you're not even in the same <clears throat> realm. So, on on in Idaho, Pete. Who, what? Pete. I mean, look at me. <laughs> but I'd be in a fraternity with a bunch of schmucks, you know? That's, okay, I get it. So right. you're, the, you're the president of the coolest. Right. Or that's what we're getting. And Frank? Um, I actually was part of a group that reactivated hmm. a chapter that had gone under that was one of the strongest chapters on campus for years and then within three years it was top house again god i'm sure i saw a documentary about this um it was revenge of the nerds <laughs> no. 1978 uh john belushi yeah there it was there it was so uh fantastic so you were you were the uh 
you were the instigator. I was one of the grand poobahs. Grand poo, you have, <laughs> did you get the furry hat? Uh, we had a few furry hats. Furry let's, paddles. Now let's talk about this. How close were your fraternities to uh, the skulls? In terms of rituals and rites, did you ever sacrifice any living things? Or <laughs> we no? tried for four years to get somebody into the presidency through our organization, like yeah. government. <laughs> You tried for four years. How did that go? Didn't go well. <laughs> Didn't go well. Uh, now I uh, I am making uh, I make a little bit of fun because I was not Greek. <clears throat> I sung a cappella. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have pledged yet. <laughs> we would have. We would have okay. been a geek. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. I have my own little reunions. <laughs> ha ha ha. Okay. Uh, so what do we? What do we? Uh, what do we? Uh, what do we have to talk about in terms of the news? The news. Well, you we have. have I, we got to talk about your story first. All right. All right. And this just came. This to is me today. so money. This was in a yeah, just a moment of clarity today. But so at work we had a staff meeting, and afterwards we always do some kind of just funky game, you know. So this week's was a watermelon eating contest, and being you know the fat guy of the group. I was chosen. I was a, I was a chosen as a competitor. Your big bone, Shane. I'm big just bone. kidding. I volunteered. But so I'm. I mean, so we sit down and we do this, and it's just time to vent, and you're supposed to get as much done as you can. As much done, like right. ingested. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you're thinking watermelon. It's, ah, it can't be that hard. I mean, you could gum it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You just suck it down. Stuff's like going up your nose. You're you're breathing in watermelon juice. I mean. So afterwards, I'm done, and I'm literally like coughing up watermelon, and it's Did coming out my nose. Did you eat the whole watermelon? I didn't, no. Did you come close? Uh, I, I got close. I got about three quarters of the way through. All right, three quarters But I lost to a man literally, you know, about half my size, which is, you know, shameful. That's humiliating. Right, yeah. Surprised you're willing so, to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's, I gave it some time. I reflected the yeah. past Good. two hours. Yeah. Good, Good. But then it got me thinking about, you know, these competitive eaters that are out there that do this. I don't know if they do it for a living, but, I mean, there's some serious money involved in this stuff and prize money. And I, it got me thinking about the amount of food that they ingest in some of these competitions. Now, I had a quarter slice of a watermelon, right? And I couldn't eat this thing. So I went on the International Federation of Competitive Eating website. Now, this is where it gets good. This is where All it gets right. good. And I wanted to look at some of the records, and they didn't have watermelon on there, at least I didn't see it, but one dude ate seven and a half slices of a 24-inch pizza. So 24-inch pizza, that's a big pizza. Yeah, right? all right. That's a, he did it in, yeah, seven and a half slices. Seven and a half slices. 15 minutes. How long? 15 minutes. That's a lot of dough. That's the problem with the pizza. Yeah. That's, your, that's well, a cheese, lot of bread and, and cheese, yeah. Yeah. Probably weighed six pounds, yeah. that pizza. Okay. So this other guy, Eric right. Booker, downed 15 burritos in eight minutes. Do we know anything about burritos. the burritos? Uh, they gave the name of the burrito. It's some like company. You know, companies sponsor these things. Okay. But, uh, I mean, a burrito. I mean, yeah. Eight, eight, six of them. Or wait, 15 of them in eight minutes. 15 in eight minutes. Like almost two burritos a minute. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to throw out a couple more. Six pounds of baked beans. <laughs> in- but, you, but, but the good thing is, it, it leaves you at 12 pounds. <laughs> That's the nice yeah. thing. Six. Exponentially. Six, six pounds of baked beans. Guess, how, guess the time on this. Six pounds of baked beans. I, I want to, you're going to like. Six pounds is like this. I, I, That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm just, a minute forty-eight seconds. What? No. A what? minute forty-eight seconds. That's insane. You got to be drinking that stuff. You're I mean, slurping it or something. But imagine the gas afterwards. That's oh what, my that's god. My point. Oh my god. Okay. You know the greenhouse effect is impacted by this. Yeah. Kind of no thing. kidding. Yeah. yeah somebody should look start into this. A car, you know, fuel a car off this stuff. <laughs> you should start a cause. Okay. A nonprofit. Twenty-six large cannolis. Holy cannoli! You know those cannolis that are like Italian. Desserts, yeah, with, with the pastry like, inside, pastry and feta, pastry, or yeah. some cheese, cheese or something like, inside, mascarpone or something. Yeah, that's right. six minutes. Twenty-six of them in six minutes. Twenty-six cannolis. It's over ten minutes. How about Good this one? God, seven point six five pounds of ribs. It didn't give a time, but seven point six five pounds of ribs. Right. That's a lot of meat. And the but we don't one, have a time on that yeah. one. Yeah, last one. That'd be like taking my inner tube that I have right now right. around and my stomach. Ingesting. And eating and it. And eating it. Yeah. 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 And masticating it. Well, that's really 10 pounds, but I, you get the point. <laughs> okay. 
the last one here that I'm going to pull up. And I'm just doing this because I'm fascinated by this. I mean, I couldn't well, eat suddenly the watermelon. Yeah, you should, this is a good thing. Guys. So, 66 hot dogs and buns in 12 minutes. Oh, my God. This was done just this is at the 4th of July, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest in Coney Island. Like, yeah. You know, it's this big, huge annual event. 66. By the same guy who ate 7.65 pounds of ribs. The same guy? The same guy. That's the little Japanese no, guy. No, no, right? little no. little Japanese guy. He used to be the number one guy in the world. Now it's a little American guy who's 165 pounds. What do they do? I mean, what do they... Do they how do they... So the training that's involved in this, one, you know, like before a competition. How are they so, not massive? Well, that's the thing. So you would think that the massive guys would be the most competitive eaters, right? Apparently what it is is our tires, you know, my large big truck, you know, big wheel around my waist inhibits the, the expansion of the stomach because of the fat around there. So, the so what you want guys, is muscle. You want muscle around there because it's more, you can expand it easier or stretch it easier or whatever, you know. You're saying if I worked out, I could eat more? Right. And there so they go. do. They work out and they work their, their abs and all that stuff. And so, I mean, that's one of the things they do. They'll eat like large heads of lettuce before the competition to stretch their stomach out but not intake the food. And <laughs> that's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's insanity. That's it. Uh, so anyway, I, that probably grossed out a lot of people just hearing that stuff, especially six pounds no, of baked it's the baked beans one. That's what did I mean, it for me. Yeah. There, there's some magical fruit there. Oh no, my it. god! I just can't. I, it's you know what? You have to close your eyes and you have to think about the texture going into your mouth uh, as you slurp it, and it just those little little marbles of love, uh, of protein love. What if there's some throat. bacon in there too? You know, that's it. They it should throw. They should bacon. throw a little some little hot dogs in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a meal. <laughs> oh. oh, man. That's a, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. Yeah. Well, I, you should feel vindicated that you didn't actually, that you weren't able to really hold your own. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. What else do we have? I got a couple others I don't yeah. know if you want to talk about. So yeah, right um, this weekend, we are leaving the country's well-being in the hands of Dick Cheney. While George W. Bush himself has a colonoscopy. My goodness. I really don't know what to say about that. I almost that, feel like we need a moment of silence. Uh, I, although, you know, you tell me that and I think to myself, yeah, so what's new? Yeah. yeah Isn't true. that sort of <laughs> part of the course every day? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I hold my hand up like yeah, a puppet. Yeah. So. Right. However, yeah. would that mean if something happened to Vice President Cheney, then Nancy Pelosi would be the next in line for presidency. Okay. For that weekend, though. For, for that weekend. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, that's one step away from the first woman yeah. being president. That's true. That's a really good point. Nancy will show up all dressed in latex and zippers with her riding crop. And... The zipper mouth mask. <laughs> I'm the president. Ha-cha! <laughs> it's time to get to work. Let's right. get to work. <laughs> Come in. Make me some pie. <laughs> Uh, this was, uh, we were just looking at the uh, uh, executive order, uh, speaking of the president, blocking, uh, this is serious, uh, off of whitehouse.gov, blocking property of real, certain it's persons. It's a real source. This is a real source. It, not only is it a source, <laughs> it's not even a journalistic source. I mean, this is on the White yeah. House website. This is the actual executive order. Yeah, and it, it you know, it, you translate it into... Uh, we have deleted the Fifth Amendment from the Constitution, uh, blocking property of certain persons who threaten stabilization efforts in Iraq. And this is referring to people in the United States as well, that, they, that is, the president has said, we can take property, we can take uh, and we can incarcerate people who are uh, in the way of economic or, or physical plant reconstruction or political reform in Iraq. So what are we talking about? Protesters? Um, uh, humanitarian organizations, um, companies that have products that could help that are not wanting to support. Yeah, in the theory, venture. I mean, this is a fairly broad, uh, expansive uh, executive order, and and uh, we were looking. Did you ever find how many executive orders this you guy's know, put I out? I didn't, but I'll, I'll, you keep talking. I think there's a rule somewhere in the Constitution that says you just can't unilaterally 
change one of the amendments? <laughs> yeah, one would think, but uh, I think but, I read that somewhere. You know, I, I was thinking about, about this. Do you do you ever think to yourself, gosh, this guy's out in obviously? I mean, he's out in in two thousand eight. Whoever comes in after him, do you think there's a house cleaning of you know? Okay, the fifty-seven executive orders that this lunatic President passed. Bush did that for Clinton, a lot of Clinton stuff. Just they just repeal yep. it all. Yep. Just yep. They go, go back in they time. Take stuff they don't want or like. Yeah. A lot of man, that's going to take. Oh yeah, just gone right. Yep. That's going to take a year. Huh. Well, that's uh, that's the that's pretty much all the political news. Cheney's going to be in charge over the weekend, and uh, while well, Bushy Bushy gets Bushy's get scoped, Bushy Bushy's Bushy's get scoped, butt scoped, and then uh, and then uh, he's going to come back and take all our property for yes. talking out against the war. Yeah, good stuff. In better news, uh, this has been a, a kickstart to a kick-ass uh, holiday season, or I mean, uh, summer so. blockbuster season. Saw Transformers. Mm-hmm. What'd, What'd you think? think? What do you think, Jenks? Well, you first. You owe me a coat. I asked you first. Uh, I have you seen it yet, Frank? Not my not my genre. You well, need to see anybody's it. genre. It is anybody's genre. Right. I don't care what. I mean, you you need to see this movie, if only to say, "Holy cow!" Megan Fox. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then immediately after, Megan Fox. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's uh, there's nothing uh, wrong with her. At all, everything's right. <laughs> she, I, you know, I just can't believe I've never heard of her before. Right, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. out of nowhere. And um, but the the movie itself is spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I there was so precious little story in it, but it was awesome to watch. You know, the thing though, like I loved it and it was awesome. The hard part for me though was at the end. Not, you know, not at the very end, but the massive epic battle scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there was so much going on. That yeah. was really hard to figure out who was on top of him, you know? There was a lot going yeah. on. So that's, that's where I felt like the CGI kind of got in the way a little bit. Because I could not distinguish who was who. Yeah, I mean, there were scenes in there that even I, even seeing... I mean, I see a lot of movies. Yeah, you do. I, I had... I mean, I... I really, I, I was blown away yeah. by the stuff that they were able to accomplish, yeah. and it's hard because you know it's this kind of CGI. It's it's like it's you know or making know, making know a metallic object. Yeah. You know, it's it's different than making an organic object. Right. So when you make these full on characters like Star Wars, you know, they just they did some really amazing things in there. But uh, um, you know, given what they were doing, I I went in there saying, okay, I want to I want to see if the transformations make sense, you know, like if, if it makes sense where the arms actually go, you know. I couldn't, I mean, it it totally made sense to me, other than the fact that there were no seams, you right. know, when they were done, you know, the transforming, there were no seams down the hood where the legs spread apart or whatever. Uh, but other, I was blown away. Yeah. Made it's me want way. to, you know... Break out the old Transformer boxes. And whoever did the Optimus Prime voice, I don't know if it's the same guy. I think it was the original guy. Was it? Because it was spot on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, and the guy who did uh, Megatron, you know, was uh, Hugo yeah. Weaving from uh, The Matrix. Yes. And uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was good. I have not seen Harry Potter yet. Is that out? The movie, yeah. The f- fifth movie is out. Fifth I, and final. No, well, what were the first current. four like? <laughs> okay, <laughs> good to talk to you. Uh, the seventh book oh, is coming out so tom- tomorrow, tonight at midnight. Uh, there's the big sleepover at the, you know, they launch it tonight at midnight at the Barnes Nobles and wherever. I can get the invite on that. Yeah, I can imagine. Party pooper. Uh, but so that's that, and the movie, the fifth movie is out, and, uh, it, you know, I was, I was teaching a class last night, and all the girls were saying, Harry's hot now. That's the latest word. He's okay. 17. Wasn't he naked in some Broadway? I did hear that. Yeah. Harry? He showed his stuff. Yeah. He did? Yep. He manned up. Flopped he it man- out there. <laughs> That's what he did. He manned right up, Harry. You go, Harry. Uh, that doesn't really make me want to see the movie anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was that. Uh, what else is uh, you know, out there? I know what you're dying to talk about. Always. Let's do it. I have it here in my hands. Pete, put I like back to- in your... Put it back in your hands. <laughs> I like to hold it. It is my uh, my new iPhone. Oh, okay. Uh, and I got it while I was on vacation. Uh, that's right. I went to New York on vacation. We're out by a lake, and um, it, outside of Buff, about an hour outside of Buffalo, and I had to go into Buffalo, New York, 
into the Apple Store and pay tax on this phone the night it was released, June 29th? Go ahead. Ask me. Was it worth it? Do it. So you couldn't have waited. No, 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 no. Opening night. And you're going to stand in line for Harry Potter tonight. No, I'm not going to stand in line. But I did stand in line for the phone. I got there at about 6.15 after they opened the stores at 6. So they closed the stores for, you know, for two and a half hours before the actual launch and to organize and apparently the people in the store that was the first time they'd ever seen the iPhone it just arrived then they closed the store and started setting them up and uh, and so I uh, you know they opened the door at six and they let people in about ten at a time uh, so the store was empty and you're the first ten gets shuttled back all the way to the back of the store secret service style or sort of yeah you're in the you know you're in the sort of cattle lanes and and they take you straight to the back of the store right and there is this massive wall of these little boxes and they ask you four gig or eight gig I say eight gig please and they say uh, would you like one or two I said I would like one please and says thank you very much and they swipe your credit card and then you get to go browse all the accessories you don't even get to touch the thing until you actually uh, uh, until you have, have purchased it right then you get to go look at the demos so I did it because I'm a sucker but the whole time they're applauding you I mean you walk in and all these black shirted Apple employees they're applauding you saying you get an iPhone you are so lucky you're a rock star you know I mean just they make you feel like a million bucks or a sucker no really I felt like a million bucks I mean I felt <laughs> like I'd walked away with a with like you know a, 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 a nice massage and a, you know I just I felt like I just won a huge prize that I'd gone and spent 600 bucks on a phone. I right. mean, that's insane. Yes. You know, who does that? And it turns out a lot, a lot of people, people they said, they said, you know, 700,000 activations in the first three days. Wow. That's a massive, massive undertaking. Getting it. Um, so uh, the, you buy it, then you go look at all the, the things and you realize what a great purchase it is. And now I'm going on, what is it, almost two weeks since the, uh, since the actual purchase date. And uh, I can say unqualified, absolutely worth it. It was the best, um, it is the, the single best cell phone I've ever used. And that was the most important thing to me, that the, you know, the call quality is great. But it works. And you've had your share. I have had my share. There was a while, I mean, every three or four months I was getting a new phone, just because that's what I do. But this one was, uh, this, this one works as advertised, which is a massive compliment. They did a great job. Just shy of a half, uh, half a billion dollars. Half a billion? Yeah, four hundred twenty million dollars. That was just in the first. In the open first, yeah. first, first three days. And their target was ten million in the first year, right? Ten so, billion. No, no, no. Ten million units. They wanted ten, oh, 10 million, million handsets units. out there units. in the first two years. Six hundred bucks a pop. That's for the for the eight gig, right? So if you do, so if you re-average that at about four or at about uh, five hundred fifty bucks, you know. Although they were saying that they sh- Apple shipped uh, almost to the order of five to one the eight gigs to the four gig units. I mean, nobody's those are yesterday's trash. Those four gigs, uh, everybody's getting. So tell us about the phone, like. Well, it's it it is it it's wonderful. I mean, it works, uh, like I said, exactly as advertised. It's got you know the standard, uh, uh you know phone features the, the the killer app on this one is the visual voicemail i just get i get a lot of voicemail from people and and i hate having to you know if i want to get to the sixth message i hate having to listen to the first five and here i can just see exactly who called tap the name and listen to that message uh, i don't have to wait through that i mean that's a killer app right there uh, i would like that myself oh it's beautiful um the calendar is great it doesn't have a to-do list which makes me crazy you know i mean why didn't have, they didn't have time to build in a to-do list that feels kind of unfinished. I'm not buying it. The the uh, no to no to do no list. That makes it's one of those things that really grates on me. But uh, it's got all my email syncs, all my email accounts. So I've got all my email always checking. All I've got like seven email accounts, and they're always checking. So uh, that is a good thing. Uh, the web browser is unbelievable. I mean, it's a full web page. Uh, it's none of this mobile web stuff. It just works. Yeah, you have your. I like to have everything open all the time. My laptop and laptop my, my phone. Stop talking to me. You make me crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to bring you off cloud nine a little bit, you know? No, I, there are things that feel uh, a little bit unfinished about it. There's no doubt. But this, what you know, what they put in here works exactly as as it needs to work. It, cool. it is really great. So that's enough of the iPhone. I know you hype. showed it to me. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is pretty sweet. Yeah.
Uh, so anyway, that's that's the iPhone story. It was a it was a really great experience, and, and you know, I mean, I I really value the experience of going to hanging out with all the Apple fans. Mm-hmm. As an Apple fan, it was really cool to hang out with people who, who uh, who do that stuff. I did that for concerts before, but never, never for technology. Product, yeah. yeah, I used to do that too for or CDs. Sometimes I'd yeah, CD release parties and things like that. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's the uh, that's the iPhone news. Cool. Uh, I think that's all the news we have. Right. That's it. All right. So let's talk about the the big story. Let's do it. Frank, uh, am I the big story? You're the big story. Oh, my. Welcome back to the show. You're following the iPhone. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you, how did this whole thing start? Um, well, my mom was 16. My dad was seven. <laughs> Little Diddy, about Jack and Diane. <laughs> yeah. I think they were in the old grandpa's basement. You, uh, you have been having trouble with your hearing for some time, right? Yes. I have... Yeah, to preface the discussion, yeah. I have a hearing impairment, and um, I've, had, I've been wearing hearing aids since about the age 26. I found out by happenstance that I needed hearing aids um, in my pre-graduate school program. I'm in speech pathology is my profession, and uh, in graduate school, we all test each other, and so I volunteered to get my hearing screened, and I failed. And, wow. Which uh, is interesting they, for a speech pathologist. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, this is my profession I'm going into. So they said, let's test you again. I failed again. Then they put me in the big booth where they do a very formal test. And when my professor is the one that administers the test and then has me come out and begin chapter three of counseling, I knew something was up. And he says, you know, this is what your hearing looks like. And I, I understood how to read all the, the, uh, the documents. And my hearing was at a moderate uh, degree of loss, which means that for normal people, whatever you hear, you'd have to turn it up almost twice as loud for me to catch it. And this was, no, 18, 20 years ago? No, this is when I was 26. Oh, now, 26. So. Yeah, what we didn't realize until I found a piece of paper that my mother had saved in my elementary school records that showed that I had a hearing screening in first grade that showed that exact hearing loss. Really? So, I mean, this is just all the preparatory background, but I mean, and I struggled in school all through elementary, middle, and high school to the point where once I got it, I got it. I was fine. But it was a classic hearing impaired child profile. So anyway, I found out I have to wear hearing aids. Um, in graduate school, it makes a world of difference, not only with, acad- with school. I mean, I overly compensated because I started doing very well in school once I kind of figured out, you know, the little tricks, sitting in front, watching people's faces more, looking for cues, um, using other mechanisms to learn visual versus auditory, that kind of thing. So anyway, uh, so I've had hearing aids. In, they're called in-the-ear hearing aids, in the, in the canal. Hearing aids come in a couple of different sizes. Um, the smaller means you need less power. The larger means you need more power mm-hmm. because it all goes by battery. And uh, so the worse hearing you're, the, the worse your hearing is, the more power you need to hear. So for about five years, I had the hearing aids that go in my canal, which addressed my moderate hearing loss. Well, over the last five years, my hearing started degrading further, where I had to go to stronger hearing aid, which is a behind-the-ear look, which. Even though I'm in the profession, I'm as vain as as anybody, and uh, I had a real issue with having stuff See, over around, the ear. Over the ear. But the irony is, in today's age of cell phones and ear pieces and wireless, I mean, those look more different than what I wear. Right. I have people say, where the heck do I get a yeah. cell phone? <laughs> They're going to be yeah. Yeah. I'm like, cool. who's your hearing? I can tell you. Yeah. That right. <laughs> so... So, well, and now the hearing aids you have now are probably the coolest I've ever seen because they're hooked to your watch. Oh, well, that's... You've got to talk about uh, that. Well, is James Bond. I, I've been wearing Phonak is the company that I use over the last 12 years. And Phonak, to me, has top-quality technology, but it's the customer service that always brings me back. But They're going to call them to get a sponsorship oh, out of this. Man, they're <laughs> awesome. Anyway, it's a Swiss company. They have a... The, these are digital hearing aids because uh, they've... Hearing aids used to be analog, now they're digital, better quality. They have um, multiple program settings that I can adapt to different environments Mm -hmm. for hearing, so I can block out background sound. 
A lot of times you have to push buttons on your hearing aid, which again, it makes you look different when you're fiddling with your ears. They have remote controls that will do that for you, but they also have this thing that I decided to go with called a watch pilot. And it's a very sporty looking watch that controls all of the features of my hearing aid Bluetooth, through Bluetooth. You can't even tell. I mean, it's a watch. Yeah, and you can see if you just look very closely, I have volume control. I can change uh, four different um, environmental settings. So right now we're in a pretty loud environment. I so can cut out can some of the background some noise. The background. There's also a feature too that I can route my Bluetooth phone to my hearing aid. So I don't have, so I can hear so you the phone. don't have phone. to wear. Right. I can hear the phone through my hearing aid. Okay, that's so cool. So it's, it's a killer piece of technology. But the story that you, yeah. you want, so yeah. I had to give you that background because what had happened, I have to go in for an annual hearing test every year. The last six months, I've noticed my left hearing aid, I thought, was kind of on the fritz. Um, seems like it was, my left ear was getting worse. It's always been my worst ear, but it seemed like it was getting more worse. So I went in for my annual checkup, thinking, you know, just send my hearing aid in to get fixed, and I get my new hearing test. Well, my hearing had dropped probably an additional 20% or more in my left ear to the point where it was significant to profound. In a, in a six-month time frame or a year? Well, or just it could have been over the yeah, oh, okay. it could have been over the year, but I started noticing it oh. myself over the six months. Um, my wife definitely would say six months because just you know I, I would just respond for interacting yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah well, it was well, more selective hearing. Well, it, well, that does work <laughs> sometimes. She's she's pretty she's on to me on that one. Though. So the other thing that was interesting, so with a significant what they call a unilateral shift, meaning one side shift. Yeah. They wanted to refer me to a, a, a doctor. Now, uh, a specialist, and it's called an, auto, um, an otoneurologist. Um, and so I got referred to the otoneurologist uh, to find out what the deal was. He starts asking me a series of questions. He goes, so do you have any ringing in your ears? And I said, yeah, actually I do. It started about the same time. It's called tin tinnitus or tinnitus, tinnitus right. ringing in uh, the same side. Just go, in that one ear. Just in that one ear. And he said, um, have you been having any problems with balance? And I said, yeah, actually I have. I've been feeling um, like an imbalanced feeling, like when I stand up, uh, I feel lightheaded, like I've just got to catch myself. I mean, it's nothing too drastic like vertigo. He goes, how about any facial tingling? And I said, on the left side. I go, I get these waves of a tingling sensation, like a numbing tingling. So he goes, you know, I don't want to scare you. He goes, but you're describing some real classic symptoms of this thing called an acoustic neuroma, which is a benign tumor that sits on uh, the eighth cranial nerve, which goes from your cochlea to your brain. So yeah. it's it's primary nerve for actually balance. It's referred to as the vestibular cochlear nerve balance and hearing. Um, to go to your brain. And he goes, this type of tumor sits right there and it creates these it creates these problems. He goes, we have to do an MRI. He goes, you probably don't have it. Because only about, it's considered a brain tumor. Yeah, it's, you probably don't have it except for all the symptoms well, well, you exactly, probably have. Exactly. And that's what I was like, okay. Uh -huh. Sharon, my wife, is a glass half full woman. I'm usually, uh, the glass is cracked and leaking. <laughs> so if it's not in pieces. That's right. And so I, I, in my heart, I felt I had it. She was like, oh, it'll be fine. You don't, you know, it's probably not going to be anything. I go get my MRI. Um, they say that the results would be ready in 24 to 48 hours, and I had a doctor's appointment set three days later anyway. We're literally in the car five minutes, and a doctor calls. We got the results of your MRI. We want you to come in. So I'm like, well, that's not good. Yeah. So we go in. He has the MRI up on his uh, computer screen, and I see it as plain as day right there. It's uh, uh, The tumor itself was on the left side. It sits. It was sitting right against the brain stem and, with, and embedded within the cerebellum. And the uh, tumor size itself at its low point was like one and a half centimeters, uh, and the largest point was um, two and a half centimeters. Wow. Now, the tumor itself is a slow-growing tumor of uh, two to four millimeters a year. So there's a high likelihood I've had this in my head for eight years or better, you know? What, and, and it's just collection of benign cells. Where did it come well, from? What is it? The, the, How does it well, start, you know? 
there's another term they use for it. It's called a schwannoma. And they're, uh, yeah. No, they, no, they I know all these names. <laughs> Apparently, there are schwann cells, which is, uh, and I'm, I don't know the technical schwann. aspect of what the schwann cells do. I'm not an audiologist. <laughs> but it, I have an overproduction, I have a hyper producing schwann. That's right. Sorry. No, no, no. So, and what it does is it builds up like a little mass, I think. Okay. So, so we find out we have this tumor. Now, you can't, there's three ways to go about dealing with this. Nothing. And if it's a slow-growing tumor... Um, It'll get progressively worse over time. It will. And because mine was at a size that once it starts impeding or pushing into or compressing into the brainstem, that's not good. Brainstem is not good to mess with. Yeah. So that means I had two other options. Surgery or what they call gamma knife radiation therapy. It's um, a radiation approach to zap the tumor in essence. Okay, well, so let's talk first about the surgery. Okay. Uh, what, what is involved with the surgery is the drilling into your head surgery Basically. and they go in and excise the tumor. Yes. Is the idea. And a couple of different you know, methods to do it, but in essence, you know, it's more invasive. There are some potential post-operative complications that can come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason people default to the, the um, surgery is because it's that mentality of, I don't want anything in my head. Right. Yeah, so want, get I, it out. I want it out. Yeah. yeah, I want it out. And that way, you, when it's out, it's out. Yeah. Um, some of the complications, though, that, you know, I weighed in, and my family weighed into the situation was it's usually five days in the hospital, over a month recovery many times, and it's the side effects that worried me more than anything. Which are? Because that tumor sits next to a couple of other cranial nerves that um, are very close, uh, there's one called the facial nerve. Um, anyway, if any of those are compromised, you could have facial weakness like a stroke victim would have on a certain side. Mm-hmm. Um, it could impact some other things. Uh, there's some other... Well, not, uh, you know, not to mention that your your brainstem has kind of been growing around it, or I mean, I don't well, run around it so much, but you, yeah, if you for such it. a long, you know, for a long time, or yeah. for years, and I'll say you just pull it out. Well, you know, in the old days they told balance. us balance, balance, some, yeah, but some of the balance recovers though. But the well, let's say your old day thing, for I interrupted you. Oh, this is say the doctor we were talking to the neurosurgeon when I interviewed both neurosurgeons and um, radio oncologists to talk about best approaches. And yeah. he said in the old days, he said before they had our technology, they would drill a hole in there and Doc would go in there and just take his finger and scoop out the tumor oh. and of course grab a few nerves on the way. So oh my God. It's a little more uh, uh, delicate now and managed better. Oh my God. <laughs> scoop out that tumor. Here, drink this bourbon. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm to hit you real hard. Exactly. So now, but the, there, there's this other issue of, of your hearing. Yes, that's a, a post-procedural um, effect for both surgery and the gamma knife. gamma knife radiation is that most likely hearing will be mostly or all compromised on that side because what you're dealing with is that tumor sits on the hearing nerve. So the irony is that I already have hearing loss, which is unrelated to this experience. They say 5 to 10 and 1 million people get this. So it's, wow. and out of all the brain tumors, it's about, represents about five to eight percent of all brain tumors. So it's low incidence. Yeah. Um, but, so, uh, so yes, I'll lose my hearing. What, what hearing I have left in my left side is projected to be entirely lost and, and degrade over the next year. Over the next year? Most likely, because as the tumor is from the radiation. Now, if I had surgery, it would be probably fairly instantaneous. Okay, now, so gets to the point. You ended up going with the gamma knife radiation. I went with the gamma knife radiation for a couple of reasons. One, we, again, interviewed the two types of doctors. Um, very, you know, great interviews. They were open to all the questions and concerns that we had. And, and the radiation offered, one, less invasiveness. It was a, um, I was an outpatient that day. Um, what it entails, I'll tell you about the radiation in a second, but uh, recovery time, I was, except for some headaches I had and I got some medication for that, I'm up and around within a couple days. Um, so, but what convinced me more than anything was there were less post side effects that um, I could have been dealing with. And when the neurosurgeon said, and I said, I know you can't tell me on the record, but if you, if this were you, and you had this tumor, which way would you lean? 
And when you got the cutter, mm-hmm. he says, yeah. I think I'd go, I'd, go, with the I'd go with the gamma knife now. He goes, don't tell my surgeon friends. Because <laughs> he wants to cut people open. Wow. Yeah. And so right there said, you know, here's the, here's the surgeon saying he'd lean this way first. Because I always went back to, if I cut first, I can't go backwards. No. It's, you know, if I right. radiate, I can always go back and cut. Right. So, so do you have to do the gamma knife radiation radiation? Often is it? Is it's a, a one-time shot. One-time. So here's how the gamma knife, the gamma knife uh, radiation center here in Oregon, Providence has one of the um, main gamma knife centers in the country. Wow! And uh, it's fabulous staff. But what they do is they put me in an MRI. How many? Five minutes. Uh, you know, we can. Uh, I'll cut this yeah. part out. I, how long are we going? We're we're at uh, forty minutes right now. We can go a little longer. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So what they do is they, I go in and they prep me like any surgery, but they have to, they put my head in this um, metal contraption and screw that into my skull because then that has to snap into a, um, a component of like an MRI machine so my head does not move when they blast me with the laser. So I go in. Now, and basically, you're, you're, I, I think you, you sent an email to us. Is it breaks the skin, right? When it yeah, yes, it, when it, it, screw it, into your it screwed in like <laughs> right into my temple. really into the but, skull but, you know, bone, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well that, yeah. You, you know, it's such a precision. Yeah. You know. This, well, yeah, because I'm going to be put into like an MRI machine, like, mm. and they put a helmet on my head, like a metal helmet, where all the lasers. There's 201 laser beams that will converge all around onto the tumor itself. Now the question we had was, well, how come laser and gamma radiation going through my other parts of my normal brain is not, will not be affected? Yeah. They said it's a low dose until they all converge onto one point. That's why it's the like 200 power weapon. Right. And so, Whoa. it's like the Death Star. Yeah, it is like right. the Death Star. Yes. It is like the Death Star. Man, Star Where's Wars Kurt is so important it? to this show. Where's Kurt so, so they take a picture of my head, like with a high intense, uh, MRI. I'm all drugged up. Then the docs go back and put it on the computer. But you're awake. Yeah, but I don't remember most of this. Really? Yeah, Okay. because I had some good meds. It didn't hurt, but... Then they put it on the computer, and they map out exactly where those laser beams are going to hit that tumor. And what they do, then, is the lasers converge on the tumor, and it doesn't destroy the tumor. The tumor stays in my head, but what it does is it changes the DNA structure where it stops growing, and in 20% of the cases, it can actually shrink. So that's why some people choose not to go with this. Because it's still there. It's still there. And only 20% of the cases does it shrink. Right, but if it doesn't shrink, it just means that what symptoms I've had to date, Stop. they, they, they fix. may just be at a fixed, at a fixed level. Um, now, there's, with both procedures, there's always a very small percentage that the tumor will restart growing again. A lot of times with surgery, you can't get the whole tumor, and so there's cells that are left, yeah. and so it can start. Those are chances that we were willing to take, and the way we default to it is that in 10 years, technology is changing so rapidly in, yeah. in the biomedical field that you know if something were to change, I, I'm confident there would Pete's be a Pete's iPhone strategy. will be doing it. Yeah, actually, I could do this you know, at the table. With the phone, yeah. With the yeah. iPhone. Exactly. It's too bad you didn't, you know, I mean... <laughs> Didn't wait till these had hit <laughs> yeah. the market. So the uh, and you did. When did you do it? It's been not very long. Thursday. It was Thursday. Thir- yeah. You did the gamma knife last Thursday. Yeah. I had some headaches because uh, eight days ago. Eight days ago. When they radiate, when they radiate, uh, sometimes the tumor will swell initially, and so there's not a whole lot of room in that space next to my brainstem, small brain kind of deal, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I had some headaches. They gave me some steroids. Doc says, have you ever had any experience with steroids? I said, only in college. (laughs) (laughs) But that made a world of difference. I thought, you know, people who live in chronic pain, where it's a double barrel because there's no way I could go the next 40 years like this. Goodness. But anyway, I'm feeling great these days. You look great. I mean, it took you a while to, to get out of the, you know... Hallucinations. Stage, yeah, yeah. I still have some good Vicodin if anybody the, wants that. <laughs> put it on eBay. Yeah, put it on eBay. That's what I was thinking. The uh, the, the process of, of I, I just what interests me about this whole thing is is the whole process of figuring out how to let somebody in your head like that. Yeah, you know, well, you know the, the thing. You know the thing. Mess that, with your brain. from the outsider. I mean, you guys are good friends, but you're, you know, you speak very matter matter of factly about it. You know, these are the decisions we had to make. These are what we weighed. But I mean, honestly, what was what were you what were you feeling? You know, this I, whole process. I just told my wife this. You know, my 
my wife and I are in the profession that is associated with at least the hearing part. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I know she will say about myself, I think in terms more clinically, um, I, I didn't realize how much stress weight I was experiencing until this last few days when I really felt like a, a, a large uh, weight has been lifted off of me. You know, uh, we literally found out a couple of days after my 42nd birthday, and within the last month and a half, this whole thing has transpired. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I'd go through the, the process of like, it's going to be fine, it'll work out, but I know that there was that subconscious stress weight of, you know, how's this going to change our family, and what's going to happen? You know, exactly. we, didn't, we didn't have questions answered yet of, is this um, something that our, my daughter could get? Mm -hmm. You know, so we had to wade through all of these things to find out if there was genetics involved, if there was um, uh, just the ripple effect on our family. What about uh, additional side effects of radiation in your brain? I mean, I notice you have no hair loss, your teeth are still good, you know. I am hoping for superpowers. <laughs> I am really hoping for that. It is the Death Star. The other day, I, fo I focused on an item I was trying to levitate. Didn't work, so I know that one's out. Yeah. I was, you know, you've had gamma radiation. You know, I mean, like you could just bulk up. Uh, well, you know, yeah. you could be the incredible Frank with slight <laughs> hearing loss. Well, the only thing that I, if I am a superhero, I can only fight crime that is ADA approved. <laughs> so, just so you know, do not call proper if it doesn't have yeah. proper, proper you know, ADA documentation. Yeah, ramping <laughs> or elevator access. <laughs> well, it's got to be like a Batman light, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I could, yeah. yeah, it can't be like a big siren or something. No, I have to have like the Batman thing. <laughs> No, that's right, because you won't have to see it. You couldn't it'll, hear. Be, yeah. it'll be a, a series of signed fists. <laughs> <laughs> might be very long, but... Uh, that's all right. How did, that. So, uh, so now uh, now it's it's stunted as far as you know. What's next? I well, mean, they, I think you know, what my wife, Sharon, and I were trying to do, I think we were reevaluating some personal things about our family. Yeah. Like, we... You know, we're, we've been always very good about, you know, being responsible and saving, and it's not like we're going to just take our uh, 401ks and go to Vegas, but we're trying to live life a little differently and appreciate, you know, more of the day-to-day -day, uh, things and family and time. I mean, yeah. boy, it, it really, it did for me. It, it kind of, the whole mortality thing comes into play, and some of that's been hitting me just because of my age. But you know, you start thinking differently. I just found out a guy I went to high school with too has like stage three throat cancer. It's like we're 42 years old. I mean, yeah. Well, so. and that's really. I mean, that's the thing that I just keep coming back to. It's like, what are those moments where you, where you're, where life just punches you in the face, and you're forced to make that choice? Uh, you know, we just had a a, a friend from uh, that we went to middle school with. You know, a junior high with who was, you know, he's. On a on a scooter, riding down the street, and he hits a rock or something, and it falls over, hits his head, and dies. Yeah, we have a friend that we I grew up with again. She's a year younger than me. I roomed with her in college as a friend, you know, like the Three's Company crowd. Car accident on the way up to Whistler this last Christmas, paralyzed waist down for the rest of her life. It's just crazy. My sister's at her father-in-law's funeral today. You know, he had liver cancer, and they gave him six to month, six months to a year, and. Right, just short of a year. And he was on life support, and I pulled him off. I mean, so it's, it makes you just—I for me, I'm trying real hard. I'm usually not like this. My wife Sharon is; she's she's really good at this. I mean, prioritizing and balance. Yeah. And so I just try to continuing to try to learn more from her in that respect. But I also I couldn't have done this without her, man. She was a rock. Yeah. So. Do you find you get stuck in the uh, in the research? Like when they present you with this, yeah. When they present you with this, I mean, you you're a pretty studious guy. Yeah, and I, because I'm familiar with the field, um, I tell probably you, it, your biggest curse. Yeah, if, for anybody listening, these are the signs for an acoustic neuroma, and it's something you shouldn't because uh, it is slow growing. But if you have unilateral or one-sided uh, sharp, drastic hearing loss, and combined with the ringing in the ear, that those are some classic signs. Um, there are some. Uh, uh, Good information. Out, there's good information on the web, but uh, the um, the House Institute in uh, California, I guess Orange County, 
is one of the best in the country on information. And uh, the National Acoustic Neuroma Association, which I'm now a member. Card carrying. <laughs> You're like a poster child. Yeah, basically, actually, yeah. that... it's a small fraternity. <laughs> You know, I'm not president yet, though. <laughs> but you're working your way. But you're hoping. Yeah, I have to learn to handshake and the you know the secret password to get into the chapter room. But we, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's I say acoustic, they say neuroma. They say neuroma three, three times real in. fast. Yeah, yeah, that's how I get in. Knock on the door three times, and... or it's schwanoma. <laughs> Now you took a bunch of pictures. Your at least your wife took a bunch of pictures. Yeah. Uh, can we put those up on yes, the Yes, you may. Uh, I didn't site? know you can do that. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's technically possible to put images on the put, internet. We want to put a picture of your Schwan up on the internet. We'd like to put your. We'd like to expand your Schwan <laughs> on the internet. We'll make sure it's the one where I'm a superpower with the green. <laughs> well, what schwan. I hear is that you you tried to get up and leave while you were still drugged up with that thing bolted into your skull. Wouldn't surprise me. You know, I thought you could sell that on eBay. <laughs> They don't reuse those things, do they? Yeah, they do. Uh, hey, but those were four big shots I had to put in my in my skull that numbed that. I still have numbing actually on the one side. It's still numb. Do you really? That's typical, I guess, with when you get eight days local, later local anesthesia in your brain, in the cranium. Well, we're glad you're uh, hanging out here, Frank, and that you can hear us yeah. at least sort of in both For ears. A, my right ear is my good ear. Yeah. For being an ATO, an awful tough hombre, not a bad guy. Awful tough. That's what we call ombre. Ombre. That's what we call the ATOs in college. Awful tough ombres. Awful tough ombres. Isn't that spelled wrong? Hey, didn't the beta? Doesn't matter. Oh, I forgot you're didn't, a frat guy. The beta's have All right. like, good, <laughs> good, uh, good, like uh, drinking songs that were just not made for podcasts. Yes, yeah, we, so have we, had, we have a few yeah, of those. We have plenty of those. We'll have to well, put those some of those in the after date. show, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> Frank, thanks for hanging out yeah. with us. Well, Thank thanks for inviting me. For, I. I, 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 I I think one of my professional goals on this whole experience is to share the, the information. Is it's because it's such a, an odd thing that happened. I, I'd like to share it with people and, and give them that opportunity to where, get an understanding uh, of it. Where can people find you? Uh, they, should they like to find oh, you? They can email me fwbender at comcast.net. fwbendercomcast.net. Uh, what do you, what's your, uh, you want to uh, plug your real life job? Um, uh, I'm a speech pathologist, but uh, I am a co-owner of a business called National CEU, and uh, we offer continuing education opportunities for educators and specialists that work in education, like speech pathologists or psychologists. Uh, we offer online video stream seminars that are great. So you can go to our website at www.nationalceu.com. Check it out. There you have it, nationalceu.com. Frank Bender, uh, fwbendercomcast.net. You can find us at the show. the show at beer30live.com I think for the last like five episodes well I haven't listened to the couple of the uh, <laughs> weeks when I was gone I'll catch up we, we've been <laughs> saying the wrong <laughs> the wrong uh, website it's beer30live.com and for those who have written in and I haven't gotten back to thanks for listening uh, we sure appreciate you uh, uh, participating and writing into the show and and I think we're back on schedule. Yes. Uh, so we're hanging out through the end of the summer. Go see movies. Go buy an iPhone. Go camping. Shotgun some beers. Get an acoustic neuroma. <laughs> and except for that last one, we love you all. We're out.